It's Wednesday, September 7th, and I'm still proud to be ultra freaking mega. And I know why I'm angry, but liberals, why the hell are you? The show starts now. I'm going to start the show with a very simple question. Why are liberals so angry? The Democrats control the White House, Congress, and the federal government at large. They've ramrodded through stimulus after stimulus, faux rescue plan after faux rescue plan. They've opened our borders to illegals, girls' sports, bath and locker rooms to biological males. They've added letters to the ever-growing LGBTQ++ XYZ acronym. They've raided Trump, protected Hunter, and silenced conservatives and liberal antagonist voices on social media platforms with the willing help of said social media platforms. They've even managed to piecemeal and hobble together their Green New Deal agenda and sell it to the American people as inflation reduction. Yet, still, so damn angry. Like Eric Swalwell, for example. Eric, your party controls everything. What exactly is it you want out of? Because whatever it is, same. If any group of people deserve to be mad as hell, it's we ultra-megas who were told just last week by Darth Brandon that we are enemies of the freaking state. In a matter of just two years, Joe Brandon and Democrats have managed to undo nearly every historic achievement made by President Trump. So if they still aren't happy, they either want full-blown communism or they realize the dumpster fire blazing over at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue isn't exactly what they bargained for either. I don't know, y'all. These double mass and quadruple vaccine liberals are all jacked up on something, but it isn't common sense. Maybe lay off the green hair dye, soy meat, and Trump derangement for a few months. And in the words of Jen Psaki, we will circle back. Get well soon and stay triggered. But up next, he drops bombs and hard truths in his podcast. Bradley joins me in studio next. How do you get out of your nine to five? You grow a pair. Like folks, if people had more confidence in themselves, they would walk out of their nine to five especially if it's not paying you very much. The only reason you'd do a nine to five is if you don't have any confidence that you can go out and make that kind of money on your own. Start a side hustle, or I would start doing something else in your spare time until the side hustle started outperforming your nine to five. That way you don't have to worry about paying bills. But the best way to do it is just to grab your nutsack and, and jump. All right, he describes himself as a businessman with a podcast, but the truth bombs he drops are so savagely honest, I wish they could be required viewing for generations millennial through Z. Entrepreneur and host of the Dropping Bombs podcast, Bradley joins me now, and you pretty much tell it like it is. So you know I'm already a fan, and I love watching your Instagram, but I want to go back to that, because we're in a weird economy right now. Inflation through the roof. People are quiet quitting because employers can't get anyone to come to work anyway. So really, people that are working feel like they hold all the power. But in this kind of economy, what advice would you give people that still do want to work hard, but feel like they can work hard all they want and they're still not going to make any money? Well, I think that's the misnomer. If you work hard and go above and beyond, that's when you're noticed because most people are not doing that. So do you think that that's the key? To everything right now is work harder than the person next to you that's always been I mean that's not really new work smarter I think you know in this day and age it's so easy to to make money it's like literally as easy as getting on the internet so right now if you were to work smart not necessarily hard I, I'm against hard work believe it or not I don't think uh, but of course to me hard work is like backbreaking labor I don't like it. I well, nobody's going to do the backbreaking labor anymore. That is what I'm honestly concerned about, is that now when you poll young people what they want to be, 
is an influencer. They want to sell boxes and subscription services on Instagram and TikTok. That's what they want to be. But then I wonder, 10, 15, 20 years from now, who is going to be building anything? Who's going to be constructing anything? Who's going to be plumbing? And who's going to be an electrician? I don't know if we have a crop of those individuals that are being trained right now. And that's a little terrifying to me. Yeah, trade schools are, are a little low right now. However, I think just natural evolution will cause more to be paid more. And once people are paid more to do it, they'll probably do it. What are people doing for work now? That is what I still don't know. And I ask every guest that I have that's an entrepreneur, what are people doing? Because it doesn't seem like people want to work. Anywhere you go, it says now hiring. Everywhere has staff shortages. You can't even go to eat at the freaking Chili's and they don't have sections closed down because they can't get people to come to work. But I wonder, what are people doing? There was a time where they had the extended unemployment benefits for COVID, this and that. But a lot of states have cut that off. So I don't know how more people aren't living on the streets like they are in LA. What are people doing to make money? Dealing drugs, OnlyFans. <laughs> That's a big one. Digital digital endeavors. And you do digital endeavors, so you're into that type of thing. But I think there's a difference between what you do and what others do in the digital endeavors of something like an OnlyFans. But what are your thoughts on OnlyFans? You Is know, it an honest side hustle? Just depends. I mean, again, I wouldn't want my daughters doing it. However, however, uh, teach is their own, I think. You know, it, it just depends, because I've honestly, I've never seen an OnlyFans account. So I would imagine, you know, it's, it's uh, pretty lurid pictures, no? Well, it's all kinds of anything that you can imagine. I mean, there are people making money off of just pictures of their, their feet. I had a, a woman in here who's a former MMA fighter who's making half a million dollars a year just putting a camera on her feet while she does everyday tasks. And people are willing to pay for that, which brings me to my next question. Are we just in a society of weirdos that are willing to pay out the nose for this kind of thing? I mean, it's not women that are paying for it, by the way. It's men. And I know you talk a lot about masculinity and all this, but I wonder, is that toxic masculinity or is that wussification? I don't even know what you call that, somebody who's willing to pay that much for pictures of feet that they could Google image search. I don't well, get it. Well, is it they pay that much or is there just a lot of them paying? Because I think volume is the key with that. Someone is still buying something. I know, but to like, look at a foot. If it's 20, 50 bucks a month, but you have a million people doing it, that's where the money. But that comes one in. person is still shelling out twenty bucks a month to look at somebody's feet. True. I that's interviewed one me. time. Uh, her name's Black China. You heard of her? I interviewed her once. Uh, she was supposedly making seventeen million dollars on OnlyFans, and I I supported it only because I mean you know it, it's technically up to her, but ultimately. If I could go on OnlyFans and make, you know, a million dollars a month, I'd, I'd, I would, I think. You might be able to do that, actually. There's a market for everything these days, I will tell you that, but I'm glad that you brought up Black China because that brings me to a Kardashian question. I have a clip from my friend Piers Morgan. He went off, there's a new cover of Kim Kardashian, and he's gonna discuss it, and then I wanna get your thoughts on the other side. Let's take a look. Um, I've just uh, written about Kim Kardashian's derriere which has now been uh, appearing on the front cover of Interview magazine uh, under the American dream issue of Interview. We have to have this apparently as the emblem of the American dream, Kim Kardashian's gigantic naked backside bearing off the magazine stands. As an American, do you see this image as the personification of the American dream? I'd ask you the same question. Is that the personification of the American dream? Because in today's day and age, it almost seems like it. But do you think that's a good thing, a bad thing? I think that's a bad thing. 
I think ultimately that's the, the, the ethics of America deteriorating. If that's the American dream, then, we're, then we've slid a long way. To play devil's advocate though, the Kardashians, some would argue have no talent. But if you can make that much money, Kylie Jenner, billionaire, if you can make that much money off of no talent, isn't that kind of, in some ways, the American dream? Because I no. see it both ways. No, I think the American dream is the ability, the freedom to, you know, go out and build an empire. But they have built an empire. Well, how, like, how you do it, I think, is, is part of that freedom. So I'm not mad at her or Kylie, um, but I don't think it's the American dream. I think the American dream equals freedom. I mean, she looks pretty free to me. If you feel free enough to put your butt and someone's going to pay for it and they say that that's the American dream, I wish I could knock it. Everybody wants me to knock it, but I look at the Kardashians. I'm a big reality fan as well. But I look at what they've been able to do and what Kris Jenner has been able to do, and I think to myself, whatever you guys are doing, it is working, and haters can hate you as much as they want, but you're still the ones on all the covers. People are still watching your shows. You went from E! to Hulu. I mean, these ladies are on top of the world with not really a talent other than posting pictures of themselves or getting pictures taken of themselves. So in some ways, I think it's kind of genius. Would you do it? I'm not going to answer that question because people wouldn't like my answer. But I don't think there's, I really don't think there's anything wrong with it because there's a market for it. Unfortunately, if we want to change our culture so that that's not what people are interested in, then that's fine. But if we're being honest with ourselves, there's a reason people watch reality television. There's a reason that Bravo's as big as it is. That's what people are watching. They're not really watching National Geographic or the History Channel. That is what they're watching. So maybe it's a problem with our culture, our society. But this is what we foster. And then we look down on people that we also watch. So I'd be a huge hypocrite if I looked down on them, watching them every time a new season comes out. I would feel like a hypocrite. Yeah, and I don't feel, I don't, I don't look down on her for it. I mean, again, teach their own. I just, the question was, do I think that's the American dream? No, I do not. I think the American dream is the ability to have the freedom to go out and build an empire. How you do it is also part of that freedom. So I don't look down upon them at all. I, I, I admire what they've built. However, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily adv advise that. Like, in other words, there's other ways to do it. But I'm not mad if you make it that way. I think we can, we can agree on, on some of that. I think everybody's kind of in that gray area. But another thing that you talk about a lot is masculinity. And of course, people come after you for toxic masculinity. Some of the things that you say, I mean, they're savagely and brutally honest, which I can appreciate. But some people look at that and say, oh, you know, this is alpha male, but it's toxic. And I know you have a lot of thoughts on that. And some people in the past have compared you to Andrew Tate, who people aren't familiar. He's been banned on everything because he's supposedly a misogynist. They say that some say that you are like him and some say that you are the answer to people like him. But what do you think? I don't think I'm like him. Um, I think I'm honest and blunt like him, but some of his opinions about women, I don't necessarily agree with. I think he's doing it more for shock value, if you ask right. me, and to get that attention, because he understands attention. He also understands uh, you know, getting that volume into the algorithm, so he had a lot of people post his stuff, which one thing I admire about Andrew Tate is Instagram can't stop him. Like literally when you have 10,000, 20,000 people that'll post your content, whether Instagram wants you on there or not, you, you can't be stopped. I still see him. He's been banned, but I see him every single day. So in that, I admire the guy. And I like, I mean, I like a lot of stuff he says because it's so funny, but I just don't agree necessarily with women are trash and women can't drive. And I think he does that more for 
shock value. Yeah, I think he certainly does. I would hope that he doesn't actually feel that way. But as much as he wants to trash women, you know, because I was on your podcast talking about my little PSA to men where people say I was trashing men. There's a big difference. Andrew Tate actually trashes women. I don't trash men. I trash men that I think are soft, that I think are pathetic, that I think are little boys. And I think that there is an epidemic. I will call it a pandemic, the real pandemic is soft men in this country. And I know that you agree with me in a lot of ways, but I'll tell you this, there are so many women out there who are successful who can't find anybody out there because successful men want the 25 year olds who just want to be on Instagram and post their purses and their yachts and this and that. So I think we have a scarcity of real men and I don't know how we change that. We start spanking kids again. We start holding people accountable. We start letting people lose. We start like, taking away the first place trophies from everybody on the team. You know, we go back to the old traditional values where, you know, you, you raised a man. I don't even know if that would solve it though at this point. It would if everyone point, did it. Society has gotten so entitled and everybody is such a victim. And all, you know, it's when they say the meek will inherit the earth, the meek are inheriting the earth, but not in the way that it's biblical in the way that we, we'd like to see it. It's not the underdog rising up. It's people that are allowed to be soft and weak and you can't question them on it because otherwise you are you're an ist you're a racist you're a misogynist you're a bigot you're something and that's the position we've gotten ourselves in that you can't really question anybody for anything anymore and i find that to be a problem well i think there's two sides to it because again for as many people that that don't like you there's a lot of people that do love you and there's there's people that you know, don't believe in spanking their kids, and there's a lot of people that do believe in spanking their kids. The question is, is who's they? Because a lot of they, you are correct, but there's a whole bunch of people out there, I don't think people realize there's a lot more than we think of people that, you know, believe in old school, traditional values. And I think that's what's going wrong. Like, you're not allowed to, you know, hold people accountable. But you have to have parents that are also willing to do that. 100%. I think we've lost that. I can't tell you the number of times I've seen parents who they're on their phones, their kids are on their phones, nobody's really paying attention. Parents don't want to parent much anymore. And then when the parents aren't parenting, the teachers are parenting. And then we're into a whole new other mess where people don't even know what gender they are and they want to go get hormone blockers and this, that, and the other. We talk about it on my show often. But this is also a big problem. I have nothing against people that are trans, LGBT, I don't care. But when you start impacting seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year-olds up to 12 years old where they can go get a major surgery, I think that we have a real problem in this country. I would agree a thousand percent with that. How we fix it? I would say vet the school teachers more or, or just revamp the curriculum. To me, schools are there to produce uh, workers. And I think if, if, if we went and looked at the curriculum that currently exists, it's, it's outdated. We used to need workers. You know, that was the industrial age. We're in the information age. So now there's a little bit different. So we need to go teach more entrepreneurial skills. However, teaching third graders about oral sex, have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. there's, there's the Rainbow Coalition running around with uh, male uh, dudes that dress up like girls. I, the I drag shows and all the, yeah. Yeah, so, so and their name's Jenna Talia. Yeah. Like, just, are you kidding me? And it says kid-friendly, and they're going around to schools. Like, what are they trying to do? And who are they? Again, everyone doesn't like that. We pulled our kids out of school. We hired a teacher from the school. 
and just we just have our kids taught by a teacher at home now. We don't want any of that. That needs to be fixed. Schools are, the, are a major problem right now. But it's almost like a chicken and the egg type of thing because you, in order to have good teachers, you have to educate people who want to be teachers, but the education system is so broken and it's such an indoctrination complex that you're raising teachers up through the indoctrination channels and then they get to be a teacher and they do the same thing and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. All you're getting is the liberal activists, whether they want to shut the schools down, mask the kids, or teach them about which gender they are and gender fluidity and this, that, and the other. I don't know how we fix it and people that don't have the resources to go to private schools or to hire their own educator, I think it's you know the lower income people that are in the rural schools as well that are really getting the short end of the stick and I don't know what the answer is. Well, the answer should be the government pays teachers accordingly. Like teachers are very valuable. They don't get paid that way. So I think if you raised, whether it's the government or a private entity, if you raise their salaries to a serious level where it's that important to us as a community, as a, as a country, I think it might fix it because it'd be very hard to become a teacher. You'd have to literally demonstrate your right to be a teacher only because, you know, it pays so high. The government. What do you think of the government? What do I think of the government? Very little. Yeah, <laughs> I think very little of the government. I also, a big problem I have right now is this whole student loan forgiveness nonsense. We've already got inflation. Now we want to forgive people student loans so that they can go and be, you know, women's studies professors. And I quite frankly think that's a load of crap. And I don't want to pay for that. And, and furthermore, if I'm going to pay for that, I would sure like a refund for all the student loans that I already paid for of my own. Yeah. But this is the entitlement generation. They think that they are owed that. Everything should be free. And I don't know how we fix that. Well, again, I don't know. I mean, I've paid a lot in on taxes, so I like I like to get it back. So like that uh, PPP, you know, they didn't make us pay that back either. So to me, I'm like, cool. I don't want to pay it back. They just <laughs> gave it to me, which which again, I didn't need it either, which was kind of stupid, but I took it. Well, I think that there's also a feeling for a lot of people that did take those loans. It's like, well, I'm gonna pay for somebody else. I might as well take what I'm owed. But that's a real slippery slope. Everyone thinks that they're owed something by somebody else. Cause it's not just this big government that's got this money tree. I mean, somebody's paying for some of this and you gotta see what your money's going to. And I think a lot of people are looking at the way our country is and we're wondering what our money exactly is going to. I'm not entirely sure. There are some places that are still masking kids they haven't spent their coronavirus money, but they want to bring back coronavirus. And now they're saying that, you know, the reason that God gave us two arms is for a flu shot and a COVID shot. I mean, things are madness right now. Is it even possible to fire every single person in the government all at once and do a re-election? Just a giant mass re-election? Get rid of them all, good or bad. Because there's some good, but very few. And right. they're mostly corrupt. So if we just got rid of all of them and did a re-election to fill the seats, I think a lot of that would be solved. That would be a, a wonderful opportunity. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but we have a chance in November. Isn't it weird because we, the people, are supposed right. to be the ones in control, which is obviously not the case. There's also a lot of stupid people that vote for a lot of stupid things. So therein also lies a problem. Last thing I want to get your thoughts on, though. Did you see uh, our illustrious president in his speech last Thursday where yes. he you know, told ultra mega such as myself that we are enemies of the state? What were your thoughts on that when you saw it? I can't believe... I'm starting to worry that are we the minority? Are, like in other words, I hang around people that, that thought that speech was ridiculously stupid and like they're shaking their head. I'm wondering, are there more of the people that thought that was a good speech out there than I think there is? That's what I'm worried about. 
Because if we're surrounded, like if there's two thirds, mm -hmm. I call them idiots. If there's two thirds idiots and one third, you know, smart, the smart better get with it because we don't want to definitely be outnumbered because that's pretty much, you know, when we get right. smacked. I don't think we're outnumbered. I think there's a lot of things that are going against us and the young people, I think that's certainly a problem because they go to these schools and they think that everything is, like you said, a participation trophy and everybody's entitled to everything and then they think that Republicans are evil and horrible and intolerant and that's what they've been taught so that's how they feel. So when Biden stands up there after whatever they injected him with to keep him awake that long, when he says, oh, the mega Republicans, they think that that's great because they've learned to make people like me the enemy. And they think that that is their moral high ground to do so. So we're in a weird space. Aren't you wondering who's really in charge, though? It's not him, obviously. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I would think it maybe was an Obama holdover. It's certainly not Kamala. I, I don't know who it is. It's I don't know. It's crazy that he gets away with what he gets away with. Obviously, he's a little bit senile. And he's being puppeted. The question is, by whom? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Obama holdovers. I'm not entirely sure, but it's some kind of a a network of people that are pulling the strings. So this really is my last question. 2024, who do you want to see? Personally, either Trump or DeSantis. So everybody's got that reaction. I haven't heard anybody throw out a name other than Trump or DeSantis. I'm also firmly in that camp, but I lean more on the DeSantis side. I do too, only because you know he's a little bit toned down. I mean, again, I like Trump because he's a businessman. He's, he's straight business. He's not necessarily... The, the most polite individual on the planet. He's a little bit cheesy. I'm a little embarrassed sometimes with his mouth and, and, and what he says and does. So DeSantis, if I had to pick, I would take DeSantis. He's running Florida like a champ. Right, well it just, really the ads write themselves. Look at how people have moved to Florida. I mean, Gavin Newsom's own in-laws moved to Florida. So I think that they're shaping up for that matchup. And I would love to see a Newsom-DeSantis matchup in 2024 because I think that would be a home run, a smash hit. For the Republican Party and maybe could change some things. But there's a lot going on right now, a lot of manipulation. And unfortunately, I think that there are a lot of conservatives that are falling for it. And that is what I'm concerned about, is going the way of Trump simply because we're angry, which I understand. But I'm not sure strategically if that's our best bet. Trump over DeSantis, I would agree. I, I, think, I think DeSantis would be our best bet. Well, here's to hoping. From your lips to God's ears and whoever's voting in person or three or four mail-in ballots. But anyway, thank you so much for being here. We're happy to have you in Nashville, and we hope you spend more time here because Las Vegas. You guys have a great governor. But anyway, still ahead, I have a roundup of some mean tweets and a couple of doozy DMs. They hate me. They really hate me. But I'm opening my messages and my mentions next. Welcome back for another edition of Haters Gonna Hate, where I open up my mentions and today my DMs so you guys can get just a small little glimpse of some of the things that I read each and every single day, and I sure as hell get a kick out of it. So we're going to start with some mean tweets to begin. The first one, with all of Tammy's, they like to call me Tammy, with all of Tammy's foul language and evil posts, I'm sure she would benefit from that new Lumi butt crack deodorant too. I don't know. I have seen the commercials for it. If they want to send me some for free, I am all about it. So see if you can arrange that. Uh, the next one, Tommy Lauren. So when they don't mess up the first name, they like to mess up the last name. It's all in good fun. Tommy Lauren is a bleach-soaked brain buffoon who looks like if onion ring grease came alive, to be honest. Um, 
again, I have to respect the creativity in this one and the alliteration, bleach-soaked brain buffoon. I enjoy saying it, I don't know about you. But to do things a little differently, my DMs are slightly different than my tweets and my mentions on good old Twitter. In fact, they're almost um, a different tone. A little bit more love comes in the DMs. Still weird, but here's the first one, and I have to give you the timestamp for it as well. Friday, this past Friday, 6.04 p.m. Emoji, fire nose. All right, I will take a compliment on my nose. It is still my original nose, but if you like it, I like it too. But there's a follow-up. Saturday, 9.59 a.m. I woke up feeling like a Coke can. I must have been dreaming about you. Yesterday, 9.42 p.m., I pick you. So we went all the way from compliments to my nose to somehow me raising feelings of Coke cans, and he suddenly has picked me. So if all goes awry with my engagement and marriage, I guess I know who I'll be calling. Or this gentleman. Now this one gets major credit because not only is it lengthy, but boy is it poetic. Ready for this one. My sweet white dove, lol. I am so glad that you are the sweetest and whitest dove. You were oh so sweet yesterday, almost too sweet. A librarian dove, a cupcake dove, and my personal favorite, a sweet white black dove, lol. Hashtag sweet is the new sexy. In that message, I got so many things. I'm the whitest dove, I'm a sweet dove, I'm a librarian dove, I'm a cupcake dove, and I am a sweet white black dove. I don't know what that means, but boy, sir, I sure appreciate the poetry. And that's going to do it for my tweets and my DMs. Keep them coming because it's no shortage of comedic relief for me. But up next, the Democrats are flat out lying again, and I have some final thoughts. Lies, gaslights, projections, deflections, laptops, and emails. Let's take a page out of the liberal playbook because it's time for final thoughts. You know what they say, the only standard the left upholds is the double standard. And just a few days into this week, and we already have one, two, three examples of just that. So let's start with the tale of two first sons, shall we? Over the weekend at a political rally in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, former President Trump made this claim about the FBI raid of his Mar-a-Lago estate. Take a listen. They rifled through the First Lady's closet drawers and everything else. And even did a deep and ugly search of the room of my 16-year-old son. <laughs> leaving everything they touched in far different condition than it was when they started. Can you believe it? To appease the so-called fact-checkers, I will say a former federal prosecutor told MSNBC, barf, that it was unlikely the FBI searched Barron's room unless there was reason to look for records there. Well, excuse me, sir, but we still don't know if the justification for the raid holds water in the first place, so there's that. But if the FBI did indeed upend Barron Trump's room looking for records or documents or anything of interest to national security, my question would be, are you sure you got the right first freaking son? Of these two, I'm not so sure it's Barron who is the threat to national security. The 16-year-old young Trump or the admitted crack addict turned energy expert turned artist Hunter Biden. Tough choice, I know. 
But that brings me to another time-tested and true career criminal, the pantsuit princess, crooked Hillary Clinton, who had the audacity to tweet this just yesterday. I can't believe we're still talking about this, but my emails. As Trump's problems continue to mount, the right is trying to make this about me again. There's even a Clinton standard. The fact is that I had zero emails that were classified. Excuse me, Miss Bathroom Closet Private Server, but uh, that's a bold-faced freaking lie to the nth power times five. Not only did you have more than zero classified emails on your private server, you had 193 of them. So you bet your bottom pantsuit there is a Clinton standard Hillary? For the love of God, does she think we are that stupid? And not only is there a Clinton standard, there is apparently also a Karine Jean-Pierre standard, given she herself can question election results. Take a listen to this doozy. The new attention on the MAGA Republicans. You tweeted in 2016 Trump stole an election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, here we go. You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now. Yeah. So let's let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have been I have been. Well, you're asking me you're asking me a question. Let me answer it. And you said it's ridiculous. I was. I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. So let me get this straight. KJP can question election results, even tweet about stolen elections, saying Trump stole it from Hillary, saying Brian Kemp stole an election from Stacey Abrams, and that's about voting rights. But legitimate questions surrounding voter fraud of any kind are off the table, and anyone who so much as discusses the possibility is an enemy of the state? I tell you what, guys, these Democrats are known for pulling some shady shiz, but in 2022, it's reached a new level. Whether it's the Democrats trying to convince the general public inflation is at zero, or that Democrats didn't want to defund the police, or that Biden created 10,000 million jobs, or that it was Democrats who wanted to reopen schools and the economy. I mean, damn, the fact gymnastics here are gold medal worthy. This is brazen. This is remarkable, really. Just listening to this BS makes me feel dumber which probably explains why Democrats keep getting elected, because they spew so much total crap, people become so desensitized, numb, and stupid to it, they keep checking the D box. D for dumb, D for devoid of common sense, D for Democrat. God save us. Those are my final thoughts. Don't forget you can check out the entire show as well as exclusive content on outkick.com. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Tommy Laren from Nashville. God bless and take care.